The following episode of TOEFOP is rated MA for mature audiences. It may contain sexual references, time travel references, allegations of bin misconduct, and mild coarse language. TOEFOP advises that this episode is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15 or anyone who thinks a comedy conversation between two old mates sounds like a terrible idea for a show. Minors must be accompanied by a parent or guardian. This is John Deke speaking. This is Top Up. I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. Hello and thank you for watching. And I uh, have configured the room I'm recording today, the, the bedroom of my accommodation. I uh, tried to find something that was appropriate for shooting video in because everything in this apartment is very 80s. It's a lot of chrome and marble and mirrors, but I found the one blank curtain. But now that I see what I look like... It's so blank. It's so blank. <laughs> like I've blurred out the background because the curtains are a little grotty. There's like, I don't know, there's stains on them. Like this is holiday accommodation. So schoolies week, I don't want to know what kind of fluids have been spilt on this. You know what um, I love about that is also like I can't remember the last time I ever would have. If, in fact, I might even go out on a limb and say I have never in my life spilled anything on curtains. Like they're not a part of the house that I'm spending a lot of time with, you know, in situations where I've got shit that I can spill. Like I am, like if I'm having a party with my friends for like schoolies week and we've hired a house, like what am I spilling on the curtains? Well, all right, here's a scenario that I think might work for you. So these curtains are to the balcony. So there's a balcony okay. behind me. Yeah, right. So I imagine. No, no, no. I've, I've, let balcony, I've lit balcony, balcony curtains on fire. <laughs> Fine, whole different scenario, sorry. <laughs> I'm imagining there's a dude who's got a tray of drinks. His mates are all out in yeah. the balcony having a cigarette and he goes out. Yeah. Well, let's call him, we'll call him Tubbs. <laughs> Tubbs <laughs> goes in, he's a bit, had a bit like, to drink. Tubbs, 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 Tubbs. <laughs> he's stung, he's, his thong gets caught on the oh, way he stubs. He, he stubs yeah, his toe. <laughs> Tubbs yeah. stubs his toe. Direct, how long before all these mates whip out their cameras and send that to Brown Cardigan? Yeah, and they put uh, tub thumping in the background. For <laughs> how uh, scared of you? Like, so where I'm staying at the moment, mm. there's a lot of like high rises, and I'm often like have the curtains open and stuff, and we'll be d doing odd things, like just not odd things, but just domestic things that prying eyes don't need to see, but I'll forget because I have the the curtains open and stuff. But I do often think now, like my great fear is that I'll go on to one of those websites like Brown Cardigan or one of those epic fail websites and I will see some kind of like observer footage, like shaky grainy footage of someone going out and it's me in my undies like doing burpees in my bedroom or something like that. And I'll be like uh, what, a WTF and some you know laughing face emoji stuck underneath it. See, this is the floor of the Truman Show to me. Why nobody would actually want to tune in and watch somebody do that, just go about their ordinary life, right? Because, like, if someone was tuning into my ordinary life, it'd just be like hours of people watching, going, What did he go into that room for? <laughs> oh, even he doesn't know. Look, even <laughs> he doesn't know why he went in there. <laughs> They'll be like, I think that, I think that, I think my TV's broken. This guy doesn't appear to have moved from yeah. his chair for eight hours. No one can watch that much YouTube of the Western Bulldogs, surely. Well, yes, they can. But I agree <laughs> with you. Like, if somebody was prying inside my house, I wouldn't be worried that they were seeing something salacious. I would be worried that they would just, they'd just be real sad for me. 
Ordinary. like I would go to my front door and there'd be a casserole. No explanation. Well, I remember reading an article in, um, uh, I can't remember, some newspaper, but it was talking about since Airbnb has you know taken off, there's also been a spate of kind of creepy uh, like tenants, uh, uh, creepy landlords, I guess, hiding cameras and you know that yeah okay of course in this art yeah and so in this article it was like you know interviewing all these different people of high places and you can buy little i guess they're like bug detectors or camera detectors or infrared detectors where you can go around a room and it was alarming how many of these places had hidden cameras in bathrooms and bedrooms and all that kind of stuff and so and probably even if it wasn't for pervy reasons like i'm sure a lot no of i think it's pervy reasons <laughs> yeah don't get me wrong but I guess if you've got somebody constantly staying in your house, the idea of having like some way to spy on those people if you're that way inclined mm. is something that people would have. And then there's not much of a leap from, well, if I'm using it to spy in the lounge room, I guess I could put a couple in the bathroom as well. Oh, gross. I've stayed in heaps of Airbnbs. <laughs> oh, I guess the, this has made me feel real bad. There'd be some red flags, wouldn't there? Like when, you know, the Airbnb host is like, oh, by the way, if you like to exercise or do yoga or anything, just make sure you do it in front of the teddy bear on the mantelpiece. Just uh, when you're doing the downward dog, just in front of the teddy bear, thanks. <laughs> if you're going to like, I don't know, sunbake topless outside, if you could just take the teddy bear outside <laughs> with you, <laughs> place the teddy bear at the end of your towel. Well, I think this one, the one story I remember from this one woman, she had rented an apartment, I think it was in the States, in New York or something, and... I don't know what sort of she she was feeling like there's something creepy about the landlord. He came to personally meet her to kind of show around, which is kind of unusual for Airbnb. Often they'll just drop keys off, and so she just got suspicious, and so she's just started rifling through like the shelves, and she went to like the bookshelves, and sure enough, like in between the books was like a hidden camera, and I was like, ah, oh, I wonder if I am cognizant enough that I could see those warning signs because I'm a quite a trusting person. And I think that, you know, when someone was telling me, hey, if you're going to do Downward Dog, do it in front of the bookshelf, I'd be like, oh, thanks for the tip. <laughs> Plenty of shade there. Great. I won't get the sun in my face. We, we, you're a trusting person. Well, in that regard, I am. I think yeah. I am cynical towards like somebody trying to sell me something. But yes, in the sense of do I assume that there are going to be hidden cameras in the teddy bear in my Airbnb? No, I don't. I assume people are going to mm. be better than that and that I can trust other people. And And most of the time... That's why scams exist. <laughs> so people like me can be parted from my money. So what is the, I wonder what the legal requirement is because all those websites and, you know, Instagram accounts that do post like fail videos and stuff like that. If it's in the public space, like you're filming a, an influencer getting knocked down by a wave on the beach, I assume public space, you can film whoever you want. That's fine. But if I'm on my balcony and I'm doing uh, burpees in my underpants and someone films me, can I sue them for like invasion of privacy or something like that? Where does public space start and end? Did you did mm. you go into public space once you're on the balcony? Are you just in public space but elevated above other people in that public space, or is that still part of the house? There's no roof. It's a good like it's not shut yeah. in. Is it external to the house? Like, are you on your balcony in public space? I guess is my question. Yes. Yeah. It faces other apartment buildings. Yeah, so I think, yeah, once you're outside the house, all bets are off. (laughs) It's fair game. (laughs) But that is the sort of spy footage you tend to see, right? When you see a celebrity's dick or like some paparazzi paparazzi shot, it tends to be somebody on their balcony a lot of the time, doesn't it? Like who've just popped out of there and then they've got that shot. So clearly, because you obviously couldn't take a shot through the window. I imagine there's been plenty of times 
in paparazzi history where they've had an opportunity to get a shot through a window and haven't been able to publish it. But once you're on the balcony, you're fair game. <laughs> that is apparently the rules we've come up with. I remember talking to a stills photographer on, on a job I was doing once who said that uh, when Mel, Meryl Streep was out here doing Evil Angels, the Lindy Chamberlain story, like that was the hot ticket item. Can you get a photo of Meryl? Because it was just impossible to get near we her. We need to see Meryl and... Streep's vagina. <laughs> you get, well, a, he you that... get her on a balcony with Taika Waititi and Rita Ora <laughs> four o'clock in the morning having a pash. That's all we'll settle for. Well, no, he said that he, um, it was a coincidence. He wasn't, he wasn't a paparazzi photographer. He was a stills photographer. Mm. But he was staying in this hotel and he looked out his window and he saw Meryl Streep jumping in the pool to go for a swim. And he was like, that's like $50,000 right there if I took a photo. And he had this real moral quandary where he's like, oh, I don't know, he's gone, no one would ever know, would they? But then he was like, no, I can't. I can't possibly do that. I mean... And that is a public space. She's in the hotel pool. I, I, I would like to think that I would immediately make that decision. And I like to think that he also immediately made that decision. But I think what I would actually do in reality is take the photo, then make up my mind. Take the photo and then I'd think about it for a while <laughs> because the opportunity is arising right now. Uh, it might take me a while to work through what I really believe about this. Speaking of uh, what you believe in, Will, yeah. uh, we discussed uh, the career of, of Keanu Reeves. We've discussed the career of Keanu Reeves many times on this show. He's a TOEFOP favourite, you might say. And uh, we posited a theory a little while back that perhaps Keanu Reeves' entire career is just being versions of the Matrix, from Bill and Ted's through to Parenthood, through to Point Break, through to Speed. It's just all different iterations of the Matrix. Um, the new trailer for the Matrix Resurrection or Resurrections has arrived. And I don't know if you could make head nor tail of it, but I got the sense that they were playing with the image of Keanu Reeves a little bit, the idea of a man not knowing who he was or having an idea of having lives before he got to this point, which is the premise of The Matrix. Do you think that Lana Wachowski has been listening to Tofop? A hundred percent, which is so. <laughs> Let's get a producer Plus, she took credit. photographs of me on my balcony. <laughs> imagine Doing burpees if, in my undies. No, is the short answer. But imagine if. Imagine if it turns out that that is exactly what happened and the two of us got producer credits on The Matrix. I'd love that. Well, duh. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Who wouldn't love that? <laughs> uh, I, th- I, yeah, look, without, obviously the second two aren't great. I can't even really remember what happens in them and I've watched both of them several times. But the first one is one of the greatest films of all time. Like just changed so much about like you know like not just the movie itself and its effect on society and the mythology around it that has grown into wonderful and terrible things but Mm. the technology and the filmmaking style and you know like you know i speculated with justin on fofop that the marvel universe in the way that we understand it probably wouldn't exist without the matrix right like the matrix was where we suddenly were just like oh yeah okay people can fly and it doesn't look dumb you know, yeah. like without that sort of, I mean, I know there are you're other right. films, but. No, you're right. I mean, I remember in the in the third one where Neo is fully Superman and he was flying around. I, I remember thinking, this is a terrible film, but this bodes well for the next Superman film. Like these guys 
uh, showing us how you do a flying superhero movie. They haven't nailed it with this story. I mean, the interesting thing about those sequels, because I, I saw a lot of kind of um, uh, uh, you know interest online, obviously, when the trailer, the teaser, and then the trailer came out. And there was this great viral video from like 2003, and it was at the premiere of the first sequel, Reloaded. And um, it was a bunch of nerds, like a bunch of Matrix geeks lining up to see Matrix Reloaded. And they're all dressed like the characters. They've all got leather jackets on and sunglasses. And the camera sort of goes down the line and they introduce themselves, like their code names and, you know, what their function is. It's like, you know, Smith, Smith runner. It gets to the end of it and all these guys. And I, and I remember thinking, oh, I remember all the excitement around the Matrix at the time. And because, because the sequels were so underwhelming, like we were deprived of an entire fandom subculture that could have risen up. Like if they had nailed those next two films, it would have been the next Star Wars or Star Trek where you were, I understand there is fandom and stuff, but it's nowhere near on the level of those other two films. And I wonder now if they can if they can get that back. I mean, I don't know if that's ever been done before. Fury Road is a great example of a filmmaker revisiting a successful franchise years after the fact. But I don't know that, you know, uh, George Miller necessarily relaunched post-apocalyptic films. Like it became suddenly the third most popular fandom out there. But do you think The Matrix could do it? Do you think there's enough latent kind of positivity around it or people were yearning it's it's almost like they they missed that shot 20 years ago it's like you get to lit hey here we go you get to go back in time will they get to go back to 2003 where they can get excited again about if you just erase reloaded and uh i don't know what the third one's called revolutions you get to have a, a proper sequel to the matrix that that lives up to everything you loved about the first one i hope so <laughs> Like, I really hope so. That's what I learned when I watched the trailer was, oh, gee, I want this to be good. There was just not, there was a real part of me that was, I mean, obviously we have this great affection for Keanu and I just loved from the start that it wasn't any CGI nonsense where they were going to de-age them or any of that sort of fucking bullshit that they could have done. You don't need to, you don't need to de-age Keanu. I mean, him and, I must say, like Carrie Ann Moss, they found maybe the only other actor in Hollywood who doesn't seem to have aged in 20 years. She looks fantastic. But the fact that they have let them age, you know, that they are, mm. they have come up with a conceit that means that they can be older and that it looks yeah. like it will serve the storyline. And also, spoilers, yeah. if you haven't watched, like, the third one, I believe the bit I do remember is they're both dead at the end of the third one. So, All right. So they've got to deal with that in some way. <laughs> That's that, that becomes a tricky plot point. So obviously they've got to reimagine... So I think they get an opportunity to go back and sort of make the first movie again, but in a different context with a di different twist. And if they, if they do that twist well enough, they can recapture what was good about the first one and relaunch it, yes, in a sense of let's forget the nonsense of the second, the sequels. Well, we won't pretend they never happened, but we've come up with a way so that like people who only really like the first one can jump back on board. Well, all these franchises that are kind of relaunching and erasing sequels, like, you know, the Halloween, new Halloween film, just forget about the sequels. The Matrix is probably one of the few... That, that's what they should call those movies. The forget about it movies. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> we're doing a... We've got a studio forget about it for you. But, but The Matrix is probably the only franchise where within the story is a viable reason 
for there to be alternate versions. You don't have to make up a, a reason. No. The entire like conceit that you have come up with serves the fact that you can do this. There, there are multiple versions of The Matrix yep. and there's multiple versions of Neos. It's like they're parallel dimensions. So it actually yeah, works. It's super interesting. I don't want to see some movie where they have a giant fucking filthy rave for 20 minutes. Yeah. I want to see the first movie again, but like a bit different. That's exactly what I want to say, and it feels like that's what they're going for. Well, I do, I do think it's interesting that you're like, oh, you know, they've let Keanu and and Carrie Ann Moss, you know, age, and there's a reason for it. I mean, I do get the feeling that they're like that they had Keanu and Carrie Ann and Lawrence Fishburne, and they're like, Keanu, we're going to let you age. There's a good reason for it. Carrie Ann, you can age. Lawrence, we're going to recast you. <laughs> yeah, we'll tell you there's something. It's a younger you or some, yeah, something. We're not something, real sure uh, yet. Yeah, look, I mean, I think you got to law and order. and it's yeah, definitely not you. Not you. <laughs> it's like that scene in The Office where it's like, you're not going to get fired. You're not going to get yeah. fired. Yeah, you're not going to get, get fired. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the other thing, though, that I, 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 I watching that trailer and, and you know, it was, I thought it was interesting and, and, and I'm, I'm down for it. But the element of surprise is gone. I mean, that is what makes The Matrix such a, a compelling film is that holy fuck moment when, you know, you first realize what's going on. It's almost like The Sixth Sense in a way. Sixth Sense is great and you can rewatch it a bunch of times, but it's never as good as that first time. Spo- Do we have to spoiler alert any of this stuff? Or what can people, 20 years, there's a statute of limitations in there on spoilers. Yeah, I I believe so. Yeah, um, so I I do wonder, knowing what we're getting into, like how do you surprise us again? Well, d- just a different storytelling. Like you're reimagining the universe from a different perspective. So I guess you surprise us with the twists on the things that you've done previously. Like when you when you build on our expectations or you subvert our expectations. Well, you know what you do is see. Where Shyamalan Sh- uh, and uh, uh, M. Night Shyamalan gets it wrong <laughs> is that he thought, okay, people are coming for the twist. So yeah. every film has to have a twist. I think that Lana Wachowski would be wise if she's like, well, I'm not going to be able to top that moment again. So we're just not going to do it. Like everyone knows that, you know, there's an imaginary world and a real world. So we're not going to, that's not going to be the big reveal. It's, like you say, it's about a different perspective from within that world or, how do you dig deeper into that mythology to find something interesting to say? Or in the last scene, they all find out they're on a beach and they get getting old. real old. And Lawrence Fishburne is in it. He just walks out. And he's like, "Look, I just got old." Lawrence Fishburne plays the island that they're on. <laughs> do you think there's anything in in the look of Keanu that he's? Held over the the John Wick long hair and beard. It was exactly what I was about to say. Yeah, okay. I love it. Yeah. (laughs) Because it plays also into that idea that we've always said that the John Wick universe and the Matrix universe are the two easiest ones to... Because, like, John Wick is basically like Neo's in a different simulation, right? Yep, superhero. And the fact now that they basically just look the same also (laughs) is just great for that for me. Like, I'm just like, yeah... I get to watch The Matrix, but now John Wick is Neo. <laughs> What's your favourite Keanu look? Are you a short back and sides man? Are you long hair and no. beard? No, you, you do John yeah, Wick. No, John Wick. Yeah, me too. John Wick, absolutely. Yeah. There's something about it. It's, you know, he looks like a kick-ass, better-looking Dave Grohl. That's what I like mm. about Keanu's look. Because I think it's very hard. I mean, I'm growing my hair at the moment, but I am worried 
when it gets to that, because I'm going to grow it long, not like super long, but rock star long, that I'm going to look ridiculous. Because <laughs> I think there's only certain few people can pull it off. And also when you've got a beard, getting into kind of Barry Gibb territory. But Dave Grohl pulls it off, Keanu pulls it off. Yeah, I'm interested in this because it could really go either way. Yeah. What do you think? I feel like you're gonna have. I feel like you're gonna have some awkward times in between. Oh, That's what I'm gonna th- say. I reckon it might look good when it's like grown out and like you've got your beard in and stuff. I, I could see that working, but I reckon there's gonna be an in between couple of months where you're really gonna be tested or whether you're gonna stick with it. <laughs> That's right now. <laughs> I'm in the in between times now. Like I knew we were shooting video on this, so I've, I've I've tried to do my hair as best I can, but it's it's a terrible length. This is. Uh, how would I describe it? It's kind of like dorky teenager. Dorky teenager. <laughs> dorky teenager hair where it's there's no style to it. It's Because it's in that in-between length, I can't style it. Well. I, no product works. So, you know, you use like wax or whatever for short hair and you might use like, I don't know, like spray or you just tie it up when it's longer. But it's too long for wax and powders. I'm sure I'm going to get a million hairdressers right in and say use this product because that's what tends to happen on the show i'm still getting emails from electricians by the way i had a guy message me on instagram today just checking they're so worried will they're so worried that i've blown myself up (laughs) one guy imploring me in all caps to read the voltage on the charger if it says 110 to 240 you'll be okay but if it just says 110 to 120 don't plug it in Don't plug it in. Well, I guess not everyone listens to the episode the week it drops, so people are just catching up to, you know, what has happened. So I'm assuming I'm going to get these. And you know what I appreciate about that is that these people who listen to it a little bit later have so little faith that there are other electricians in our audience. (laughs) They're like, I'm I'm the only one. I better than Neo in our story. (laughs) Uh, Now, Will, I want to start the mailbag uh, a bit earlier uh, because we have quite a bit to get through. We had two really long ones last week, which means I neglected to get to a bunch of others. And we've had more come in since. Like I was saying, about 50% of those have been from people with uh, uh, either electricians or people with electrical advice. Um, But I just wanted to read you this one. This is from uh, Debbie who says, I'm not sure when or uh, I'm not sure if or when you will ever read this, but I had to tell you about how you bring people together. I've had a major crush on Will for quite a few years. I enjoy you too, Charlie. (laughs) Thanks. Thanks for that little dog biscuit I get tossed to the side. You can watch. You can stand in the corner and watch. (laughs) You're like a little little creep. No, you can't even say, leave a teddy bear in the room (laughs) and you can watch in the other room. You're fine too, Charlie. (laughs) You can you can you can stay too. That's Charlie. more. I enjoy you too, Charlie. I think to me that sounds like I tolerate. <laughs> I I enjoy you too, Charlie. Yeah, the, the band you too. Sunday bloody Sunday is <laughs> my favorite song. Uh, so of course I listen constantly to your podcast. I have developed a strong desire to visit Australia, a strong attraction to the accent, and occasionally try to use the jargon I hear you guys use. How do you feel about that? I, I don't like when Americans use the word mate. I've been uh, using uh, Chris Hemsworth's uh, uh, training app, his, his exercise program. He's got some American trainers who are, he obviously flew out to Byron to run these programs. And I think they've been hanging out with Chris too long because all of them are dropping mates left, right and center. And it's like, that's our word. You can't use it. Yeah. <laughs> that's ours. <laughs> we can say it. You can't. <laughs> I think, yeah, you have to say the M word. Yeah, <laughs> um, I I mostly like it when people have a go. Actually, I find it quite charming. I will say, do you? Yeah, I do. I must admit, it's, when 
when you were living in the States, yeah. is that how Americans would try and endear themselves to you? Absolutely, 100%. And I would always yeah. find it quite funny and entertaining. You know what I hate about it? Is they pluralize it. We don't pluralize oh, it. Yeah. Here's a hot tip, Hello, Americans. Mates. Hey, mates. Yeah. We don't say mates. No. You address one person. Yeah, mate. <laughs> yeah. And then the next person next to him, mate. Mate. Often this is how you'll greet a group of men, mate, 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 mate. Why don't we? Why don't we pluralize it, mate, mate? I mean, when we do, that's not true. We do pluralize yeah. it, but it's in an ironic way, mate. No, not even ironic. I'm trying to think of one instance where I've used mate plural, mates, mates, mates. Well, yeah, tell your mates. Like, yeah, that's when you use it. Tell, you, tell your mates they can they can they can bring that teddy bear around. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but often when I even say mates in that context, it's like your mates. You know, uh, you bring in yeah. your mates. Uh, it'll yeah. be him and it's your derog- mates. It's derisive. Yeah, mates. Those are. You never your... understood that I hated the pluralization of mates <laughs> until this moment. Uh, Debbie continues. I live in Northern Virginia. And I can't geek out with most people about TOEFOP, bin misconduct, or jokes. Well, hang on. I mean, surely, surely jokes no, are universal. They're out too. <laughs> well, at my gym, there is a woman who's from Australia. And I had a da da moment the other day. I brought up my obsession with Australia, then Will Anderson. Yep, we totally had fun talking about you guys. I was excited having someone to talk about the show who totally gets it, and it made her day too. It just shows what a reach you guys have and how you bring people together all over the world. Well, in one country, but no, I think it's mainly Australia and America, to be honest. We, and, and Norway, of course. We have a listener in Norway. You know what I will say, though? That is still pretty nice. It is. That you can be, like, in, in what? Virginia. Virginia? North Virginia? South of Virginia? Uh, West Virginia? Northern Virginia. Northern Virginia. Um, and in a gym and meet an Australian and bond over that. That is actually quite a nice. It is a huge punt. To meet an Australian. Oh, God. And think- that could go <laughs> Particularly because there's a lot of people here who aren't fond of me at all. That could go real bad. Mike. I also think that that's a bit of a... There's, there's a nice warm-up to TOEFOP in that you're Will Anderson. And so, I mean, it's unlikely they're going to know who Charlie Clawson is. But most likely, if they're Australian, they've heard of you. And then, depending on how they react to that first bit of info... Yeah, exactly. You can then <laughs> can go, you can go to second base, which is TOEFOP. <laughs> Yeah, because that's even a deep dive for me. Like you could, all, you could maybe be in at me if they're not like a person who immediately their face drops or they're repulsed by the <laughs> idea of me. You'd be, you'd be okay, good. Oh, oh, mate, I've seen it happen. So <laughs> I get told about it more than I need yeah. to be told about it. If that has happened to someone in your life, if you like me and you've told someone else and they hate me, I don't need to hear about mate, that. That's a funny story for you I, and your friends. I don't read out every bit of mail we get sent. There's quite a few oh. we get sent where people tell me how much people hate us, not you, me, and the show. Yeah. Like we don't need to okay. hear that. No, no, we do not need to hear I that. I think they said it's isn't an affectionate kind of ah, you know, these these guys think you're a dickhead. It's like okay, we may be laughing in the outside, we're crying on the inside. Yeah, I don't need to hear about it. I understand that it happens, but I don't need to hear about it. Uh, Debbie says, when COVID gets back under control and you start touring again, maybe you can come to DC. I would pay a lot of money and that there's a large Australian expat community here as well. Well, if you can do a survey and see if their faces drop at the mention of Will Anderson. You know what? I did, um, when I was touring in the US, I played DC and a whole bunch of Aussies came out actually. So that does stack up. Uh, this is from Avery. Uh, if you read this out, please use they, them pronouns for me. Thanks. Will do. 
I'm a pretty new listener, but I'm going through the podcast quickly. I'm a cook, so I get to podcasts for eight to ten hours. I get I listen to podcasts eight to ten hours a day. I'm also burning through Fofops, especially loving the episodes with Jen Kirkman and the guys from The Dollop. That's how I found Tofop in the first place. While listening to episode 250 with Greg Anthony and Jen Kirkman. Greg Anthony. Is Greg Anthony another comedian? Do you know? I'm going to say they mean Dave Anthony. Okay. Uh, I was delighted to hear Will mention the bizarre British comedy series, Hello, Hello, <laughs> a period piece, a period piece about occupied France where most of the jokes were rhyming puns and single entendres. I'm an American and I'm in my early 30s, but my dad loved the British, dad loved British TV. So my childhood was filled with British comedy from Faulty Towers to, well, Hello, Hello. I mean, it is a, that's a, that's a, that's a that huge is- dropping quality you, <laughs> you started it the yeah, gamut exactly i have a feeling uh it won't hold up completely if i watched it again have you rewatched it? i have that feeling also <laughs> <laughs> i have a feeling that probably even at the time we should have been a little bit more suspicious of the painting of the fallen madonna with the big boobies <laughs> I, I i don't think i ever watched an episode of a lower low so let's see, French Resistance, it centers yeah. around a cafe in Paris during the, during the Second World War, right? Yeah. And so there's yeah. wacky wacky Nazis, and it's all wacky English. Wacky Nazi, bad at like accents, like outrageous. Right. Just completely like, racial, racial stereotyping. Smelly Just French. Very uh, like sexist, like, right. you know, jokes, like constantly. Because it was that style of show. I mean, that was bawdy. the show that it was. It the was word, a bawdy. It was a bawdy, was bawdy like, British it comedy. Was, it was bawdy. There was like women who had like their boobs out. Like, you know, there was kind of like a couple of All right, because there'd be some German. Yeah, yeah right, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Avery says, I still fondly remember the extreme. Renee, dro- I believe, was the name of the... The lead the guy character, owned his it. name was Rene, and he had this like outrageous French accent. And so he was, so was he like running guns or something for the French resistance? Or, yeah, he was like that. <laughs> <or something. laughs> like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> right. What uh, a premise for a you sitcom. Know yeah, let's I've, do it. I've actually got to look it up. I've got to. Um, well, it sounds like this can be a good companion piece to uh, Faux Fop 250 with Dave and, and Jen. I'm assuming that was okay. in happier times. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Here we go. So, hello, hello is, by the way, spelled like, you know, apostrophe A-L-L-O, apostrophe A-L-L-O, exclamation mark. That's some hello, hello. fancy punctuation in your title, isn't it? That's like that's like their show title was like an internet password. Yeah, just like, no, special, <laughs> special symbols, getting a workout. Right. Uh, all right. A British sitcom television series... Um, starring Gordon Kay, so I reckon he played Rene. Um, the sitcom focuses on the life of a French cafe owner during the German occupation of France in the Second World War, who has to deal with problems caused by dishonest German officers, a local French resistance leader, <laughs> a stolen painting, and a pair of trapped British airmen while concealing from his wife the secret affairs he's having with the waitresses. <laughs> Yeah, I don't, don't mind the premise. I've got to be honest with you. <laughs> well, that if you like that premise, here's the good news. That is the entire storyline of the hundreds of episodes of this TV show. That How I many did they make? Um, did it run longer than the Second World War itself? <laughs> okay. How many? Oh, well, they did. All right. 
um, nine series. Uh, and so, then they did the best ever low or low. And then they did the return of a low or low in 2007. Wow. Yeah. So what was that set like after the Second World War? What's going on there? So I don't know. So what was okay. when did the original series air from? Was it like early to mid eighties? Nine, nine, nine seasons is a long run. It started in nineteen eighty two and finished in nineteen ninety two. I can't f- believe it was that popular. <laughs> I know it was a it was and it, that was what I read out of the plot. That was the entire plot for every episode. It was just some version of that in every single episode. Well, Avery says I still fondly remember the extremely drawn out puns, the long running gags, as cafe owner Renee tries to juggle multiple affairs, spies, okay. stranded Br- British airmen. Oh, hang on, it sounds like Avery's <laughs> just pulled this from Wikipedia. <laughs> All while protecting the portrait of Madonna with the big boobies from the Nazis. <laughs> I was wondering if Charlie had also seen it. No. And either way, uh, maybe it was worth a little Wikipedia dive. Well, Avery, wow. <laughs> we jumped the gun a bit. <laughs> like I said, I'm a new listener, but I'm a, a already a devoted one. You make the long, hard days seem a little shorter, and your lyric dissections make me a little bit grateful of my face mask since it's easier to hide how hard I'm laughing. Much love, Avery. Oh, thank you, Avery. Yeah, we keep them laughing, so they keep you cooking, fed. I don't know. It's not as catchy, is it? <laughs> uh, this is from Laura. Hey, Charlie and Will. I guess you could say I'm a recent convert to the show. Well, welcome. This is great. Just all these people getting turned on to Tofop. Tune in, turn on, drop out, switch off, go back, never listen again. <laughs> so that's the longer version of the of the quote. Uh, I'm a recent convert and I adore you both. Well, see, that's how you do it. Not I, I love one of you and enjoy the other. I adore you both. I love I you I didn't equally. mind when people were taking sides when it was on my side, but I'm happy to call it a draw. <laughs> I have followed Will's career since the early days of the Glass House. I still have the VHS tape somewhere waiting to be digitized. It's out on DVD, isn't it? Don't bother. You get the best of, There's right? a best of out on DVD. <laughs> They've never released all the episodes, like, you know, and I'm very glad of that, by the way, and I would fight hard legally against <laughs> never doing it. I do not need to be cancelled. Anyway, I'd wanted to write this uh, into the show and contribute something worthy without being some drooling nonsense about how I'm a huge fan. Then I woke up this morning from the most weird dream I've ever had, and I had to type this down before I forget. You see, I'm an emerging artist who wants to be good enough to make something of a career, so I've often overthought what my conversations with Will would be like if I ever made it. My subconscious decided to give that a try with the worst kind of results. In my dream, Will and I are actually recording an episode of Fofop, but instead of sitting down on a couch or a table to do the recording, we are at the post office. All right, do you want to do some dream analysis on that post office? So I'm suggesting... Post office generally is something that people do. It's like a mundane activity. It's a chore. It's usually there's long lines. So I'm suggesting that you're in your dream. It's saying to you that meeting Will, although you've put him on this pedestal, might be a kind of mundane encounter, as often happens when you meet your heroes. <laughs> putting, uh, we're putting locks on lockers at the post office and we're trying to our best to engage in banter. The lockers, that's an interesting bit of sim- sim- symbology there. I think that that has something to do with it as well. It's like you are worried that you're going to get locked out of showbiz. You're worried that your dreams about being an artist are going to get locked out 
because maybe it's not the it's not the glitz and glam that you thought it was going to be. Uh, That's interesting. Very interesting. <laughs> is it? Then this old woman <laughs> enters the room, who who Will tells me is a friend of his. This woman proceeds to derail the conversation to talk about how vaccines will kill you in the most casual kind of way. That's when I get annoyed. No, I'm not a doctor. Um, but By the he, way, this could happen. I do have a couple of friends who would have that conversation yeah. with you. They've had it with me. <laughs> I'm not a doctor, but people just mistake me for one because my day job is I'm a medical secretary in a public hospital. So I try to calmly explain how full of shit she is. I tell her, yes, that we're all going to die, but this is not minority report. I can't remember the exact details of what was said in the conversation, but I, when I was done, I was ranting. Will decided to go to a, to go to a break and let me cool down. So I found myself, <laughs> well, that checks out. Will would very politely excuse himself from the conversation. So then I found myself sitting in a shed while Will go Will goes on and has decided to replace me halfway with Charlie. I know most dreams are anxiety related, but this one was the funniest one I've had so far. So uh, leave it to me to make things more awkward by being too serious. But I love Charlie, so I'm not even mad. Anyway, thank you for all the joy you bring and the stuff of giggles when I listen to you in the gym. You've also kept me company on my weekends when I'm at home painting or doing other chores. So she gets bumped from Fofop that you're recording in a post office for some reason and replaced with me. I wonder what that says. <laughs> that maybe... You feel well, it's inadequate. Impo- it's imposter. It's imposter, imposter syndrome. syndrome right? That you'll get replaced by, well, you know, there's a guy who already does that. So what am I thinking? And Will's going to get annoyed. The, the world isn't ready for me. I'm going to get rejected. I mean, if, okay, let's, if, we, if I'm going to be serious just for a second, here's mm. what I would say. If that dream is about imposter syndrome and you like uh, want to pursue a career as an artist or a passion for the arts that is going to be something that is just constantly with you. Like, All the time. I, I have never met anybody who works... Well, actually, I have. I've met a couple of people who don't have imposter syndrome and those people are genuinely sociopaths. sociopaths. But, but I'd never understand in, that. In I, general... I, it's generally, is don't you find, that it's people with the least to be confident about are the most confident. <laughs> like It's right. insane. I'm always thinking like maybe if I was dumber, I'd be better at this because I wouldn't question what I'm doing, but I'm constantly questioning and feeling like it's no good and it's bullshit and I'm going to get found out. I think that part of the thing that makes you good at your job, hopefully, is that you can see and identify the problems and then deal with the problems, right? Mm. But that also makes you see all the problems. (laughs) There are some people who just don't see any problems. Not at all. Uh, But in general... Like imposter syndrome, this idea that you're going to be replaced by somebody else is is kind of actually a reality of the business, but mm. also regardless of your level of success in the business, that never goes away. So if that is a thing that you have, and it probably is a thing that you have, then just, you know, find a way to get used to it. There's a story, I remember reading an article, an interview with Emma Thompson, and the they were asking her why she doesn't live in Hollywood. And she said that um, she just got so kind of over the idea of there being this kind of hierarchy. I mean, she was an Oscar winner, but still when she would go to Hollywood parties, there would be a section of the party that she wasn't able to get into. And she said even at the pinnacle of her career, having won an Oscar and being sent every script in Hollywood, it made her feel like she didn't belong. So if Emma Thompson's going to have imposter syndrome, chances are you're going to have imposter syndrome. Also, sometimes you don't want to belong. 
like that's the other thing is like one of the things that I certainly on my journey has been that idea that you don't have to go to the Hollywood parties. Like if the Hollywood parties aren't for you, there's a whole different way of being able to do things where you don't have to go to the Hollywood parties. And maybe Emma Thompson was, she probably got some great freedom from that eventually when she was just like, why am I being judged by a standard that I don't give a shit about? Yeah. It's like that great footage where, uh, was it was it Beck and Paul McCartney? No, it was Taylor Hawkins and Paul McCartney couldn't get into a Grammy's after party. <laughs> the bouncer wouldn't let them in. It's like a Beatle. You're not letting a Beatle into a rock and roll after party. Amazing. I just can't imagine that you, like there's anything that you wouldn't let him into. Yeah. Like Chances are that... There's if a, Jeff I mean, Bezos was about to go into space, he kicked that 18-year-old student out of the fucking thing and Paul McCartney rocked up with a guitar and said, I'm coming with you. Uh, this is from Scott. He sent a photo in. It's him wearing a uh, some Tofop merch. It's the Everyone Relax LA t-shirt and a Saints baseball cap. He says, hey, guys, after hearing about another listener talking about getting vaxxed wearing his Tofop tee, I had to send you my after jab photo, as I'm sure at least Charlie would appreciate it. Not only was I wearing my relaxed T-shirt, my trusty Saints cap, but the whole time I was waiting, I had a Limp Biscuit deep dive session playing in my headphones after listening to you guys discussing Fred Durst and New Metal on Tofop and Tofop. I was reliving my angsty teenage years. Thanks, guys. You keep them laughing, so they keep jabbing us. <laughs> Again. Uh <clears throat> Murray Valariano is a US comedian, um, really funny guy, and he does a YouTube sort of music trivia show. Mm. And so, you know, comedians from all over the world. And um, it's so I did it the other day, and it, the episode hasn't come out yet, but it's we just recorded it the other morning. And it was one of those things that it was. Uh, um, What's the show called? Oh, see, I wish. Because I think we've got a listener, a bit of mail, or someone saying you should listen to this podcast. <laughs> Oh really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It sounds. It sounds. The name is familiar. Anyway. Um, oh, so anyway, so, oh, what were we talking about? The government. Uh, uh, Vax to get jab. We kept them laughing, so they keep us jabbed. He was. Oh, new oh, metal. Limp biscuit. Yeah. So, it, I just I've been very busy, but I'd agreed to do this thing. But it's like seven o'clock in the morning, and so normally I just get up, you know, beforehand, you know, have time to prepare, make sure that I was awake and whatever, but. I just had a really busy week with other work and so like my alarm went off and I just like pushed the snooze button and like suddenly it was like I had to get up, have a shower, get ready for this thing that is like, you know, being filmed and whatever and oh, be right. able to do it at seven o'clock in the morning. And I'm just, I hadn't fully read the email and there was just one little bit of it that I hadn't read, <laughs> which was, can you do a inauguration into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame for a band, basically, like the speech you would do but for a band that like, for a funny reason, like a band yeah. that wouldn't necessarily be in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And so at this last, last moment as we were about to start filming this thing, I'm just like, oh, fuck, I don't have anything. I've just like, read this email. And then the, all the conversations we've had about <laughs> Limp Bizkit, just like suddenly I had this like superpower and <laughs> did like the best intro to Limp Bizkit into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. And they're all just looking at me going, how do you know so much about Limp Bizkit? <laughs> That's great. Um, all right, this is from Scott. Uh, to Colin Fop, after going against your advice, I've gone back and I've listened to all the Tofop episodes 
and managed to get completely up to date the other day. I've made a few notes along the way with some information for you two, as well as some questions that I would like answered. Love it. Okay. So from episode 163, the evil goose. By the way, I encourage this in anyone who's going through the podcast. If you have like questions from back episodes, things that never got resolved, anything like that, I am absolutely up for hearing about it. Uh, episode 163, The Evil Goose Arrives. Arise. I think he's written Arrives. I'm pretty sure it was Arises. Um, you mentioned in that episode that you would watch a show called Alfred Pennyworth if they made one. Two years later, they made a show called Pennyworth about his origin story. Haven't watched it myself, but sounds like someone in Hollywood listens to Tofop. Wow, I'm telling you, you know what my favorite thing about that is I have not watched that show. <laughs> <laughs> uh, episode two six four, Reed Parker Jr. You were discussing Steve Gutenberg and mentioned that you thought the modern day equivalent would be Paul Rudd. I couldn't remember who Steve Gutenberg was, so I googled him. Amongst his photos was a picture of Paul Rudd. Why? Because on April 2nd, 2021, they announced that Paul Rudd had been cast as Steve Gutenberg in Steve's biopic. Sounds oh like someone God. in Hollywood <laughs> listens to Tofop. You were laughing before when I said that Lana Wachowski listened to our show. Maybe. <clears throat> Imagine if that is what we find out. That like, you know, if there's some kind of Bilderberg group for Hollywood, just like, you know, the elites of Hollywood, they all get together on, on, a, on a Wednesday afternoon. They sit around the boardroom and they, as soon as the episode drops... <laughs> They they download it and they listen to it and they just start scribbling. Well, you know, there was that Australian tourism campaign that Mm. like was very much like a conversation that we'd had on the podcast. Yeah. And so imagine if secretly, like this would be classic Hollywood, by the way. We don't have to pay writers anymore. We've got this much better idea. We just listen to this content that people put out for free on the internet. They, like, this is this show where they literally every week just give away ideas for movies. We never need a writer session ever again. Like, just listen through it. They're not all great, but every now and again, as long as we keep it on the down low and we change a few things so they don't like latch onto us, we are on to, like, we've struck oil. Uh, episode... Th- uh- Oh, no, sorry. This is not an episode. He said, you, uh, just some more questions. Uh, whatever happened to getting George Miller on the pod? Well, you moved out of Sydney, I guess. Yeah. Uh, episode 103, Mad Adam Bury Road. <laughs> what does that refer to? Adam Bury. Do you know who Adam Bury is? No. Mad Adam Bury Road. I wonder what that refers I mean, I've got, I've got questions. I've got, <laughs> I've got questions for you, Scott. What does the title of that episode mean? Uh, Will likened the date of Australia Day to having your parents remarry on the anniversary of their partner's death. In 2010, my grandfather remarried on the first anniversary of his late wife's death. (laughs) It did not go down well with my family. So yes, I have to agree. It's not a great day for Australia to be celebrating. Sounds like someone at Tovop has been listening to my family. (laughs) Imagine, there's the twist. There's your bloody modern, your Matrix sequel 20 years later twist that you need. I'm shattered you guys can't make it to Melbourne for the live show. I got tickets for the second row. Come back soon. Love your new TV show, Will. Go Saints. Scott. Well, there's a bit of love in that for everyone. Uh, Your new show is Question Everything, which is Wednesdays, 8.30 on the ABC. How's it going? Uh, Yeah, it's... Well, I mean, fuck. To be honest, it's been one of the hardest things I've ever done in my entire life. <laughs> like, <laughs> like literally, we started you know, production on the show like the first or second week of the Sydney lockdown in the hope that at some stage it might lift. And as it turns out, we're going to make the entire show like it will be finished well before the lockdown is finished. And so 
it's been an incredibly challenging experience like for everybody involved like you know this entire staff of people most of whom live you know in this city that's also being locked down so they're all dealing with their changed family circumstances and you know their changed lives and then um you know doing the show but fuck man like i have loved the opportunity to put so many funny young or young or new or just not being used on these sort of shows comedians on the tv and to see some of them like all of them have done great but like some of them have come on and just absolutely nailed it like you know really shined and you're just like well you know you might not have been on tv much up until this point but you're going to be on tv a lot after this rank them from best to worst yeah no i'll give you my list off here <laughs> patreon bonus <laughs> This is from Matt. This week on the show, oh, I'll, I'll, yeah, I'll give a plug to our guests. Um, so, very funny panel this week on the show. Alexi Toliopoulos is back. He was in our first episode. And, of course, people might know him from the uh, Finding Drago uh, podcast, uh, Total Reboot. Anyway, it does awesome no, 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 no. Cam James. Total Rootbot. Yeah, Total Rootbot. Uh, recent episode of Fofop <laughs> as well. So, Alexi's great. Um, we also have on the show this week... Alice Fraser, who people might know from the Bugle podcast and a whole bunch of really funny, uh, you know, news satire stuff that Alice does. Uh, she's also very pregnant, like, um, which I assume I can say because it's going to be very obvious to everybody when you see her on the TV. Like, she's pregnant in the way that, you know, if we wanted to get her on the show two or three weeks from now, she'd probably be having the baby, you know, start pregnant. <laughs> well, so. you should get it. That would be great for ratings. Well, I was going to say, there is a chance that if the show goes well, the record goes well on Tuesday night, I might have some big news on Wednesday about the show. And uh, one of just the funniest people, one of these people who just makes me laugh endlessly, um, Aaron Chen is on the show as well. So very funny panel. Uh, this is Matthew. And he says, today I was proudly wearing my Tofop merch. You can get all that at Redbubble, by the way. Mr. Foz, redbubble.com slash Mr. Foz. Uh, in the form of a t-shirt saying, everyone relax. And I may have brought down the rep of the pod, if possible. I dropped my housemates at a gig in the city. And on the way home, I thought I'd grab a few things from the shops. I had no shoes on because it was an unplanned stop. But I thought, stuff it. I'm only, it's only one trip. So I pulled up and started walking inside. Have you ever done that? Are you a like no shoes in like a public space kind of guy? Like in like a shop shops, I get a bit grossed out when I see people wearing no shoes in like supermarkets. Definitely in restaurants and cafes, get fucked. Supermarkets, all right, but still get your stinky feet away from food products. I think I have like a proximity to the beach, like rule. Well, not even like I mean, I personally, there would have been times in my life where if I was at the beach or whatever, I would go into something barefoot. Absolutely. Um. <sighs> As an adult, would I still do it? Yeah, I reckon if I was like near enough to the beach, if I had to cross one road to get to the shop or whatever, but you can clearly like see the beach from the shop, I think it's it's fine that you can probably go in barefoot. What about eating shirtless at a cafe, even if it's like oh, outside? Gross. Gross. Oh, gross. Get your armpits away from my eggs. <laughs> I mean, if you're outside, if you're on the balcony of the cafe, I guess that's public space. Take your shirt off if you want to. <laughs> um, so I've pulled in. I started walking around in this, with no shoes on. 
I got a strange feeling from passers-by, but I thought it was just the no-shoes factor. Then, as I was walking around Woolies, I realized I'd forgotten my mask, and I was proudly walking around with an everyone-relaxed T-shirt like some kind of COVID-denying wanker. I quickly dropped my items and left back to my car because uh, I, I was too embarrassed to go back in the store. I'm in Brisbane, and because we've had such a good run with COVID, occasionally I forget my mask. Hopefully nobody recognized the merch. Cheers for all the pods. Um it does sound like it could be an anti-vax slogan. Everyone, everyone just yeah. relax. Yeah. I saw a guy today, actually, a COVID, I'm assuming he was a COVID denier or an uh, anti-vaxxer. He was wearing a T-shirt that said COVID-19 and then after the 19 was an 8-4. Ooh. <laughs> How many people who referenced 1984 do you think have read 1984? Mm, somewhere between 19 and 84. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Darren also has written in. The subject line I like. Just keep on laughing. Hey, guys. Just wanted to write in to say thanks. I'm a chef. Not the bloody chef. This is the chef episode. And I'm living in Melbourne. My prime podcast listening time is driving to work. And now that I'm doing significantly less, I've had to prioritize what podcast I want to listen to. I'm happy to let you know. That Tofop and Two Guys, One Cup are the only ones I'm letting into my ear holes. Well, how about okay, that? I like that. Made Exclusively the Tofop. Brilliant. So a massive thanks for keeping me laughing so I can keep on cooking. Oh, man, we've had a lot of variations on the keep them laughing and just none has topped the original. I feel like we're trying to soup up. It's kind of like when, um, you know, the Ghostbusters sequel will come out. It's like, who are you going to call? Again? It's like, no. <laughs> the first one works. That doesn't work when you try and do it the second time. It's not as good. Well, you know what, Charlie? If you don't eat food, what happens to you? You die. Right. So you could make the argument. <laughs> I'm no fancy big city lawyer, but that if somebody wasn't preparing us food, then people would die. Therefore, we keep them laughing so he can keep them living. We keep them. Is there another L alliteration to do with eating? We keep them laughing. We keep them... I mean, if you're a barman, you could say, I keep them lubricated. No. We keep them, you, keep, we, you keep me laughing, so I keep them lubricated. <laughs> <Hang on> that, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I know what I'm talking about, bar staff, but that could be completely misinterpreted. <laughs> Veterinarians is the other one you're thinking of, right? <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, all right, this is from Louise. Electrical appliances from other countries. All right, here we go. This is, I thought, out of all the... Electrical mm. emails, I thought I'd read one, but it, this is, she's not an electrician. Uh, hey guys, long time, first time. Had a similar story to Charlie's. After watching an episode of Nigella's cooking show where she had a cocktail fountain, imagine a chocolate fountain, but for cocktails. Mm -hmm. So what's that? You just like pour all the spirits in and it spits out. Like it's Willy Wonka's waterfall, but just booze. <laughs> yeah. Um, it feels unnecessarily complicated to yeah. me, but regardless, each to their own. I saw it. I thought it was the best and I had to have one for an upcoming birthday party. Oh, my God. Oh, it's I a feature for a birthday party. I understand this. It's like a talking point. You yeah. know, have you had a martini from the martini fountain? I immediately Googled, but I could only find one on eBay from the UK. By this stage, I must admit, I'd been, uh, I was a couple of wines deep. I ended up paying a ridiculous amount of money. She's like, you know what? I'm enjoying these wines, but I enjoy them a lot more if I can drink them from, <laughs> from a, a fountain. fountain. It finally arrived. I was so excited. When I got it out of the box, I realized the plug was UK, U Europe. I rang my sister, whose husband is English, 
and they travel frequently to the UK. So I thought they might have a converter plug and she did. So we set up, we filled it up and we turned it on and unfortunately it blew up. <laughs> well, it made a pop and it didn't work. I was devastated. Turns out they have a fuse in the plug which doesn't work with our power. I'm not an electrician, so I don't know the technical terms. However, I did have a customer who worked in a shop that sells electrical supplies to electricians. My husband suggested that I ask him if he could change over the plug to one that was compatible to Australia. He could and did. And now I've had many memorable cocktail parties with my light-up cocktail fountain. It was worth every penny. Good luck with your beer, trimmer. Okay. Well, Louise, I think maybe you haven't uh, caught up. I'm not getting that beer trimmer. I, uh, I was able to cancel the deal before it went through, thank God. No. In fact, you've gone in the opposite direction. As aforementioned on this podcast, you're going to grow out your hair and your beard like some woolly <laughs> wild man. Uh, Cameron says, uh, hey, I was listening to the latest that where you guys were discussing Charlie's rad new Beastie Boys shirt. I'm a, I have a massive collection of band t-shirts, mostly purchased at gigs, and I've got a stack of rare ones. I'm talking over 150 currently, but it used to be more. I just died hearing about the market for these. Why? Well, every summer I go through a retirement process. I cut the sleeves off the oldest, least worn, almost ragged, so I have a fucking cool new collection of sleeveless shirts to wear until they disintegrate. Disintegrate is the key word here. My favorite band is The Cure. And I have a stack of faded, old and rare tour t-shirts that are now sleeveless and mostly worn in the garden whenever I can get away with wearing them. Uh, like a Wish tour t-shirt that probably would, if it held together, uh, that would, like a Wish tour t-shirt that probably would have held together, sleeveless. A two times disintegration tour t-shirt in great conditions, sleeveless. Kiss me, kiss me, kiss me, sleeveless. A place to bury strangers signed shirt, sleeveless. Bardo Pontour shirt, sleeveless. There are so many more that you can no longer find or be very difficult to find that are sleeveless. I was probably sitting on a fortune, and uh, but at least I'm comfortable and I look cool as fuck in the garden or the supermarket. I don't think uh, you're out of the game, Cameron. I really don't because um, the Guns N' Roses one, the Use Your Illusion one that Jim got me is sleeveless. And I was looking at it because I was like, is this, was this originally a, t- a T-shirt? And I think... I've bought I've bought a few old metal um, t-shirts that have had the sleeves cut off. I think that's actually fine as long as. as I long like as it, to think that there's somebody out there who's cutting off the sleeves, keeping the sleeves, and then stitching the sleeves back together into new outfits. And they're like these fucking suckers. They bought the rest of it. I got these free sleeves. I don't think it's the. I think that's actually going to work in your favour because it is kind of cooler to have like a sleeveless or a modified. Band tee. That's what like designers do. They'll take like a Ramones t-shirt and they'll fuck it up. And so I think you're all right. I reckon you should maybe explore the market. Yeah, I think designers tend to just cut off the sleeves and fuck it up a bit in their like, you know, fashion designer office. I don't think they actually just tend to cut off the sleeves and do the gardening in it for years until the t-shirt falls apart. <laughs> yeah, I know. But I'm just thinking that a lot of the ones I've seen potentially could have had this. I mean, I've even bought, like I've got a lot of wrestling tees that I've taken the sleeves off and I don't think that that necessarily would lessen the value because it's the print and it's the, if these are authentic tour t-shirts, that's what, like you're a Cure fan. You know, if you saw like a really cool, what's your favorite Cure album artwork? Well, I actually, funnily enough, I had that disintegration t-shirt that he was right. talking about. That was the only one out of any of those that I had, but I had that t-shirt. Right. I do not have that T-shirt anymore. But would you like? Would you would you buy it for nostalgia's sake? Like if you're in a store and you saw it and it was in good condition, but it had no sleeves. You're not no. really a singlet guy, are you? 
No. No. But that's on me. Yeah. There's probably some <laughs> muscular arms, there's some muscular exactly. goth out there. There's some goth who all he does is bloody he's a vegan goth who just fucking pumps iron and he would love to put that cured. I would Cameron, strong recommendation. I, I I don't know what this store in Brisbane's called, but I've had a few people message me and I think there's quite there's quite a big vintage trade happening in Brizzy. So just go online and check it out. I reckon I reckon you can make some make some cash and then uh Little uh, little Will, Will and Charlie, what our beaks a little, <laughs> a little uh, finders fee, eh? Hey? Hey? Yeah, well, just a little, little taste, just a, little, just a little taste, just a little, just a little skim off the top. Skims, like I love that in this podcast we've discussed the idea that Hollywood is ripping off our ideas, but no, no, it's this listener that we should really fucking hit up for money. You can just uh, give us a little bit off the top, a little bit of icing, like Will and a carrot cake. You just you know, drag your finger off the icing and then <laughs> nibble a bit more cake and then a bit more cake and then we'll try and squash the cake together. Conceal our shame. All right, last bit of mail before we go. This is from Jeff. Hey, Will, thank you for all the entertainment. I wish you had Dave and Gareth on more. Well, I don't. <laughs> this is our show. They can be on Fofop. They're on, they're on Fofop heaps. There's plenty of episodes you can go back and see Dave and Gareth on. I know. We get Fofop mail to here because people understand that I don't read the Fofop mail. So it's smart to mail it to you. Uh, Jeff says, I've noticed Question Everything didn't have an IMDb page. So I started one for you. I've added the bare bones. Oh. It would be very helpful if you had a publicist or someone from the team that could flesh it out and make sure the links are to the correct people. Thanks again. Are you going to do that? Are you going to pass this on to your, your publicist? I mean, my publicist's got a lot on her plate at the moment, you know. COVID. Filling out IMDb is not really homeschooling. It's hard yeah. to hit her up and go. I know that you've got to like educate your kids while doing your job, but could you also update our IMDb page? Uh, thank you to everyone who wrote in, and if you do want to send us a message, you can. You can do that by going to our website. There's a little contact form there, or you can just sell it to send it to hello at tofop. Dot com. We also have a newsletter. You might as well sign up for that while you're at tofop.com. Yeah, Every Friday do that. comes out, lets you know what's going on in the world of Tofop. I mean, for a while there, we were uh, we're announcing our upcoming live shows. We were always announcing his upcoming solo shows. And that's, all, that's all been paused. But we are doing a live show of sorts. If you're a fan of our other show, Two Guys, One Cup, well, after the grand final in two weeks, Will and I will be joining Michael Chamberlain, Adam Rosenbachs, and some special guests who Michael said we can't announce yet because they haven't confirmed the last one. But we, I can tell you, comedy superstars. One comedians, of them, comedians in barrack for the teams. That's yeah. what we tend to do for these things. So, we, like, obviously my team, the Bulldogs, are playing in the AFL grand final, so I'll either be super happy or super sad. Either way compelling viewing um and uh so we'll obviously get another comedian who supports the bulldogs and we'll get a couple of comedians who support the uh the demons well that'll maybe that's good that's a good clue you can start guessing on who we might have approached that's right we're getting chris hemsworth and uh mark hamill so Mark Hamill was tweeting some shit about the demons yeah mark hamill barracks from melbourne apparently yeah so that's who we've got we've got luke skywalker <laughs> and thor <laughs> I was a little disappointed that uh, Chris Hemsworth kept his clothes on when he did his uh, regular regulation post Bulldogs win post. It was no, like, oh, I, I like it. It feels like he's saving it for Grand Final. Day. <laughs> he's just got to drop the hammer, Grand Final Day. <laughs> <laughs> hey, while you're at tofop.com, you can check out some of our other great podcasts. Will oh, yeah. does one called Willosophy. Who's on this week? Uh, Bridie Jabal, uh, she's a brilliant writer, um, very funny though, also, like not a comedian, but uh, super funny. 
Uh, she writes for The Guardian, but she has a really interesting uh, life story that I highly recommend people check out. And on Fofop this week, Hamo, it's another Hamo fault. We talk about The Matrix, but different stuff to what we talked about. So it'll be like <laughs> The <a> Matrix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and also on our Patreon, there is a brand new bonus episode went up last week. Uh, it's all about uh, would you take uh, an AI microchip in your body <laughs> or something like that. <laughs> I, I can vaguely remember what we talked about. I'm pretty yeah. sure it was funny. It's very, uh, uh, but that appealed to all the Joe Rogan fans. <laughs> <laughs> That's at Patreon, uh, patreon.com slash Tofop. Uh, but for now, I'm Charlie Clawson. I'm Will Anderson. 